Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to this episode of Really No Really. Today, Jason Alexander and Peter Tilden are joined by actor, producer, and director Alex Winter to discuss his documentary, The YouTube Effect, and the Bill and Ted movies, all tech being porn adjacent, performing magic, Keanu Reeves, and Alex's years on Broadway. My only wish for this episode is that we get to hear Jason and Alex sing some show tunes together. And now, here they are, Jason Alexander and Peter Tilden with Alex. Really? Welcome to Really No Really. Yeah. Again. Just don't make Jason and, and, and I sing any show tunes. <laughs> is that going to be horrible for you? No, it would actually be amazing. He's a, he's, he's a substantially better singer than I am, oh, but, no. but nonetheless. I haven't Stop. heard you sing. You know what? You know what? Okay, Alex Winter's joined us. We won't make you do songs with Jason. Thank you. But but I got to mention, you know, from Bill and Ted, and you know him from The Circle. By the way, you just you were so friggin' good. I was yelling at my wife. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it because of the strike, am I? Or I don't know. Don't promote. No, you really don't promote. Just talk about it peripherally. Yeah. Okay. It's already come and gone, so I can't promote it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were great. You were. I I wanted you as my lawyer (laughs) because you were very stern with the like. Yeah. All right. Hit me with it. Yeah. Very very cool. Yeah. But I didn't realize your child. I forgot your child. You were on stage with Joel Brenner. I was. And the King and Sandy Duncan. And Sandy Duncan. Yep. You were a Broadway child. I was. From, from what age? Uh, um, well, as Jason knows, because he was there, um, I moved to New York City in 1977, and I joined a management company that, that Jason we was at. We were both at as kids. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it was a very active sort of environment. They were training us to sing and to sort of get our act together. So I was 12, 13. Um, and, and I'd done child acting in where I'd come from, which was St. Louis and, and London. But nothing on the level that I got parachuted into because they suddenly needed a kid on Broadway to replace a kid that was on Broadway before they took the national tour. So there was this urgent 
training. It was like something out of a bad martial arts movie, right? We're like, <laughs> we're going to teach you kung fu in like two this weeks. You have to like, go wow. in front of one of the toughest musical directors on Broadway and yeah. sing an entire song, and you're not a trained vocalist. So uh, I was a trained actor at that age, but not a trained vocalist. So they like boot camp me into singing, and I and I went. And Did you enjoy it? Do you remember? Oh, I love absolutely. I still train. I love it. I love. I love it so much. Did yeah. you love Broadway? I always say to Jason. I will yeah. also tell you because it means a very handsome man. This guy, I will tell you as uh, as a fairly heterosexual man. <laughs> adorable child <laughs> i mean with curly blonde hair and yeah. just like one of those little cherub looking we killed kids, it you're you know? yeah. the marjorie yeah. gortner of that's right, uh, that's right. right. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. so and sorry for that reference look yeah um it always fascinates me broadway broadway that it's so judgmental it's so difficult and it's so repetitive right that if you don't like it or if you're going through a bad time you still got to do two two mat a matinee and a regular no, show no i did eight shows a week i did king and i on broadway for a bit then on the road it was all about a year all told including at the pantages then i went back and pretty much immediately went into peter pan with sandy duncan and did that for almost three years so that was all of high school eight shows a week you know this animal Were you michael or john i was john uh-huh um john How did you have a life? what was your life it was a, it was funny. I was talking about someone about this earlier who went to professional children's school, which is where all my friends went. And my family was like, we're not putting you in that place because you're just going to become like a maniac. <laughs> um, so we, I went to a public high school in New Jersey and I took the bus in every day and they let me out early on Wednesday. So I had this weird bifurcated life where I had all my normal friends, all my normal kind of suburban life. And then I had this bro crazy Broadway Whoa, wait, wait, You went to school, got out early. Yeah. Took public transportation. Took a bus into the Port Authority. And then did the show. And then went and did the show and then got back on the bus and went home. And I did my homework and on the know, bus. here's what's crazy. What time did you get home? 11.30 yeah. or so. And yeah. you know, nowadays. Oh my God. I don't even think they would allow a, a, a child actor to do that anymore. Like when yeah. Matilda on Broadway. Yeah. There were four Matildas and they all went on every week. Yeah. They would he never demands on a bus. How old many, were you coming you know? home? I was, I was, well, I was, you know, in Times Square working on 46th Street from 1970. I was in Times Square from 78 to 83, I guess. You know. So you were what, about 16, 15? I was, I was, yeah, I was 13 to 17. Yeah. And doing your homework. I'm doing my on the bus and hanging out at night and going to shows with the other cast members and you know, but it but was kids are spitting out spitballs to each other and you're going out a really tough night last night. Women in the third row was. I mean, is it, yeah. it, did you have an adult experience at night? Oh, I did. Yeah, very much so. Oh what my god! Weird. Yeah, I made a you documentary are... about showbiz kids yeah. uh, right, for HBO. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't pretty. Is it's, it? it was. I'm lucky. We're all lucky. I am always. Yeah. You know, I've worked with enough kids now as an adult. Yeah. And I always wonder what the experience is for them. Yeah. I, I, I think the kids that I've worked with have, have actually had decent really experiences. Good lives and yeah. good experiences. Yeah. But I know that that's. It can not go a normal. number of ways. Yeah. yeah. Boy, Alex, well, look at you. Most kids have a hard time just doing their homework or taking public transportation. Yeah, it's an adultified world. I mean, in every conceivable way. And, and the, the thing about it, though, is to, you know, yes, it's hard work. But as Jason, as you know from having done so much theater, I remember the very first day I went to rehearse because Yul Brynner basically ran King and I. He didn't take a director's credit, but he directed the whole show. He did the audition. He did everything. And because the show was already running on Broadway, he had to rehearse me while the show, the only way to get me adapted to the stage was to rehearse me while the show was going on. So there'd be a scrim and certain scenes would happen in front of a scrim. So for those like 10 minutes, I had to work on the set. 
And so there was on this giant Broadway, it was the Gershwin, right? The Eurus on this giant Broadway stage by myself in the dark. And because of the way a scrim works, as you know, they can't, it's like a two-way mirror. They can't see through it, but I can see them. So there's like freaking 1,800 people and Yul Brynner with a spotlight on him singing his song. Yeah. And there I am, 13 years old, like fresh off the bus from St. Louis. And I was like, I never want to do anything else. Like, this is paradise. It is. It's magical. You know, it's like, it is. I mean, so I was so happy in that environment that it made all of the stressors worthwhile. And the juice that you got as a 13-year-old, was the applause? Was the crowd? Was he, uh, the, it was the, amazing. The, I mean, energy. Brenner wouldn't stop. Now they do it with every show, which is a bit much. But Brenner wouldn't let people go home till they gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> so the curtain call every night was a standing ovation because he literally wouldn't let them leave. <laughs> now, pretty much every show you go to, everyone gets on their feet, which yeah, is kind of a, that's you know. But uh, but so it was it was spectacular. I mean, it was very much his show. And Constance Towers, who was Anna, you know, it was Lewis. I did my thing, whatever. I wasn't starring. What in a it, but, yeah. What a fascinating start. Yeah. And now we'll we'll leap ahead. We'll get back to Bill and Ted later and all the other stuff. But the really no really was we're all dealing with these algorithms. We're all dealing with the three companies right that that are running social media. Yeah. And you pointed all of out, technology, I would say, but yeah. all of technology. Yeah. And you pointed out two of them and showed that there's no silo between them. That's right. It's 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 the YouTube and Google. Yeah. And you had access to the CEO. Mm -hmm. You had access to the guys who start the guy who started, which was yeah. that made me laugh. People don't realize that the big social media platforms are all porn adjacent. That's right. They yes. all started. Explain if they haven't seen the documentary. Don't well, know how. Basically, every every technical innovation scales because of pornography that's kind of a well-known thing in technology really yeah, yeah pay, no, really no really <laughs> i know that's shocking right <laughs> but including including paypal which the only reason paypal took off was because people were using it for for porn transactions and are you that yeah, is come on wait, wait, straight up, straight up fact if, better. if you look at in the social network in the film they talk about how that started as basically you a know, way to rank girls. Exactly. Okay. And you know what that was about. And so, then YouTube you started with Ready? a service called Hot or Not, where they were like, okay, finally, we have the most robust technology to get video online, which no one had ever figured out before. We're going to use it to cure cancer. Like, are we going to allow like old people to see their, their, their young family before they pass? No, we're not going to do any of those things. We're going to create hot or not so you can rank how hot or not hot someone is video, based, with video. based on their video and by the way <laughs> the was, money came oh, from paypal no which hope for humanity <laughs> the money came from say. paypal which was porn related and the two guys who started it the three guys yeah sold it within a year year and a half yeah to to google for 1.6 billion in 2005 which is like trillions in today's money it was crazy it was unprecedented so that was the intent of this was that innocent innocent it was rating. It was to rate people. And then it grew. It did. But to be fair to, to the founders, one of whom Steve Chen is in the film, they, they, they saw its potential beyond hot or not immediately right. and began to, it wasn't hot or not when Google bought it. Right. By no, then, right. Yeah. By then they realized that, no, this is actually a service that is going to change the world in certain ways in terms of what, I mean, we all know this, if we work in media, that there's so much power to the, the visual image, right? and a moving visual image. And in 2005, as, as recent as that is, it was really hard to, to move video around online. It was almost impossible. And like people have been doing it since the nineties, but it was hard. And suddenly this thing comes along where there's just like, I can upload my, my cat. I can upload my, my daughter taking her first steps and it blew people's minds. And it, it scaled immediately. Like within, 
within the first year of YouTube buying it, and everybody made fun of, of Google buying. By the way, buying. I saw that, that, what's his name from uh, Shark Tank? Um, yeah, Mark, Mark Cuban, Cuban said is one of the dumbest investments. But everybody did. Susan caught so much flack for being so so bullish about wanting to to acquire this company. Susan's the CEO. Susan Wasiski. Yeah. garage they started. They started basically. Google, and yeah, very very bright lady uh, from a very bright family. Um, full stop. But uh, she really did have the vision early on that a lot of other people lacked, and and it's hard to quantify how big this thing is, which is why people don't talk about it very often, right? They Think about it as a social media platform, which it really isn't. It's 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 all of humans recorded history in one place, which you can't find anywhere right. else. It's it's obviously influencers and it's DIY and there's a social media component and it's all of those things, but it's also all of our media, all of our music, all of our entertainment, all of our news, and all of our search for a certain demographic. That's all under one. I was shocked group. because it is used. This is where I have never used it, but I, yeah. I guess a lot of people do. I I do use social media to get some news sources, but I've never thought to go to YouTube. Is That's that, right. Is that really a big component of Dude, it? My, I've got three boys. My eldest is about to turn 25. They're all like super balanced, great kids. None of them got rabbit holed or red pilled or any of those things. Yeah. Um, but they live on YouTube and they don't really use anything else. So did my son, 27. Yeah. And I, I, when, I, when we watched this together. Um, that's what curates his news. That's yeah. what that's, I mean, it's such and a probably his music his and everything, his film everything, and everything, everything. Yeah. Right? When I say TV or streaming, he goes, what? I, yeah. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, Jason, they're going to know you by watching either all of, of your stuff or clips of your stuff on YouTube. And what is my residual payment for that? Alex? I would say you know? that's, um, somewhere between <clears throat> zero and zero. That's that is, yeah. that abides with what I, uh, yes, which is why we're striking right now. <laughs> <laughs> because if all the other companies could have that model, they would yeah, absolutely you do You bet they would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Use, yeah. use forever. Just yeah. use that and put it up forever. That's why I wanted to have you in, too. You didn't demonize it. You didn't say it was evil and the mm -hmm. enemy. Yeah. The negative is nobody really understands the algorithm, but we do know, or it's implied, that outrage is entertainment. Right. So instead of getting clicks, sure. this is not clickbait. This is get you in and keep you in. That's right. So that's what is it? And that's what yeah. I want to talk to you about, the algorithm that accelerates what you're watching. Mm -hmm. And I saw the interviews with quite a few people on your on your documentary that takes them down rabbit holes that are quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. And they, they go to on-ramps, as you point out, which are innocuous. I think you pointed out self-help or whatever, mental yeah. health, which can end up taking you to some really dangerous places. And Jason, it's interesting because there's a naivety about how can... Can't you control how that happens? Can't you yeah. resist having that happen? Yeah, what's interesting and what we get into in the film is what, is that we're now kind of even past an algorithm slash rabbit hole era where YouTube, unlike any of these other platforms, is once you get pulled in, you're not just watching a five-second or 30-second or two-minute little video clip. You're watching, you're connecting with an individual who has a channel that probably has a lot of money behind it and an enormous amount of viewers that's talking to you for an hour. And because of the way YouTube works, it's like that person is looking in their webcam. So there's the connection between you and that influencer or that person on that channel is extremely powerful, much more powerful than an anchor on TV who's sort of vaguely talking to the fourth wall myriad cameras. But you're sitting at home and you don't feel like you have any kind of personal connection to that person. And I think that what YouTube didn't even see coming, that I think still not talked about enough in the news, is that... This is more of like a, of a parasocial issue than an algorithmic issue, meaning these people have, feel they have a deep bond, like a personal intimate bond with the person on the other end of that webcam who they really don't know at all. 
And so that has been, that has led to a lot of dangerous propaganda and people being incited to violence and all kinds of stuff. Sure, you can get into, into party politics, but this is a human nature issue because A, everyone responds to outrage no matter what the outrage is, but it's also being monetized by this company, by any of these companies, because they are ad-based. So the more they keep you on platform, the longer they've got you on these channels watching whatever show is like pulling in and they've got ads attached to it, then the more money they make. And that's where you end up with a problem. So I've been arguing for a while, which other people have too, that this is no different than what like Pulitzer and Hearst did, right? With their newspapers back in the late 1800s. This is like grab people with the most salacious stuff you can right. and then monetize it. And, but when you're dealing with 4.6 billion views a day, which is what YouTube gets, which is way beyond anything else on the planet, including every media conglomerate and every TV channel and every social media platform, and you're monetizing that kind of traffic, that's where dangers lurk. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. I'm I'm fascinated by the by the ad component and the ad revenue component because again I'm apparently using YouTube in a very pedestrian <laughs> way but I have never paid attention to an ad on YouTube. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, if they give me the five second thing, I'm counting it down as Skip. fast as I can go. There yep. are some you can't get rid of. Yeah, but I have never swayed to a product or a thing as sold to me by YouTube. I I, I can't believe that people are spending money to advertise on it. I, I, is it effective? It's, it is massive. When you look at the numbers and look, when you make a doc, you don't go in knowing everything you go yeah. in knowing generally what something is about, maybe with, you know, a specific understanding of the landscape. <laughs> but every week on this thing, as I was working, the numbers just kept blowing my mind. I mean, the ad revenue and to be fair, look, during COVID, everyone was stuck on YouTube. Right, so right, they right. made, they made, you know, more than most countries' yeah, GDP. Do you know the number? Do you know the numbers? I mean, it's in our movie, I think. It's, it's, it's $326 billion. It's hundreds of, yeah. Yeah. hundreds of billions. Yeah, well, I mean, Google is worth in the trillions, but yes, they're dealing with billions as far as YouTube is concerned. And I think it's, you know, hundreds of millions per 
annum, but you're dealing with an enormous amount of eyeballs on content. So if you're an advertiser, it absolutely matters to you. Like if someone is seeing, forget TV advertising, forget the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl all day, every day is how they look at it. So yes, they, and the thing, other thing to remember is that, you know, I encounter this a lot of times, people saying, well, I don't do anything on YouTube other than like figure out how to put a AAA battery into my remote or, <laughs> right. you know, want to learn a song or something. But everyone is doing that all day. And those, and they're doing it all over the world. It's not relegated to our country or just mm -hmm. North America. So the entire planet is glued. The, I mean, the number one most viewed website in the world is Google. The number two most viewed website in the planet is YouTube. There are more people watching YouTube than anything else on the planet. And Google's mostly text, right? So there's more eyeballs on this thing than anything else. So for advertisers, it, it gives matters. Jason a sense to people listening. One of the moments that blew me away, and we were trying to find this kid, but you got the kid. And you know I'm talking about the um, Ryan. Ryan, mm -hmm. talk about talk about Ryan's little business on on YouTube. Um, well, yeah, that family side hustle uh, is they had a kid who started on YouTube at three. He's now nine. Am I mean, amazing kid, and to be fair, really amazing really? parents. He's yeah. super lucky because uh, his parents are really smart. They must be making between 150 to 200 million dollars a year um, doing. Going on and saying, hey, and this started when he was three, right? Like, hey, I'm going to look at this new toy I got. Come look at it with me. And so then people started watching him playing with toys. Toy manufacturers kind of perked up and went, oh, let's get him to play with our toys. So, okay, well, that's going to cost you. And then advertisers perked up and said, oh, this is a great place for us to advertise because he's getting hundreds of millions of views on these videos. And Next thing you know, it's an industry. I mean, it's a, a formidable industry. Kid is a rock star. Yeah, it's I mean, it's I mean, these are huge numbers. But also, you pointed out, interestingly, that it was an easy loophole for other people to start monetizing on children's programming on YouTube, and they were putting horrible stuff up. They yeah, there was dangerous a period. Stuff. Yeah, there was a period, and to be fair to YouTube, they they shut it down. Right. Um, YouTube Kids, but there was a period when people were gaming the algorithm and putting incredibly horrific, volatile, violent content into the kids' uh, programming. And, and we talk about it in the movie. I think the issue right now that is significant there with the kids is, and we talk about this generally, is that, you know, we were talking about us being on, you know, in the business young. Yeah. And at least we had, like, the Coogan Act, and we had, you know, there were, and now I think you have quite a few safeguards. I do a lot of stuff directing with kids, too, and there's, like, not just a tutor, but there's like a making sure Social you're service. yeah right, taking right, care right. of the kids properly, and and none of those safeguards exist in in YouTube. So you have all of these kid influencers, and it's really and they're just like, hey, just upload the content, and they're doing deals with them, so it's a little duplicitous because YouTube is involved to a degree, right? right? But there's no real there's no standards and practices, there's no safeguards, there's no laws, there's no regulation. It's just the wild west. So you just got to hope. Everybody's parents is is great, which as you and I both know is not what's going to happen with every kid who's making so five to one hundred and fifty million dollars a year. What would be the what would be the incentive to put inappropriate material into the kids' channel if you is it just for the the thrill of being able to do it? it? That's exactly right. Get, That's oh, exactly okay. right. There's, I mean, the way the internet functions, especially. What YouTube is, is interesting in that it's it's has so many eyes on it, and yet it has a social media component to the degree that if you go into the comments section, that's where everybody hangs out. So 
if you think about the internet, you think about what's going on in Twitter and sort of other areas, and there's been a lot of stuff written about this, so sort of the kind of troll world, and this can get political because people control for political reasons, right, right? right? But a lot of that is really just, is just anarchistic. It's just, it's just, let's blow it up right. because we can. It's like the, it's the terrorist version of just like calling your, your local bowling alley and asking if they've got 10 pound ball. <laughs> like, right. But now you're doing that with an audience of four and a half billion just and not see, just, just you and three see. friends, yep. on, uh -huh. you know, on every phone line in your house. So there was a, a multitude of reasons why to do that, but also there's a lot of pranking that has led to suicides and things like that, that, so it can get pretty serious. You're dealing with children's mental health and things like that. My takeaway from you and tell me if I get this right was, and I think I got it right was you said this generation is not going to fix it, the ones there now, because you got basically Congress. You got 82-year-old guys with the, the clock blinking red on their ECR still. They're not the ones going to solve it. The next generation is going to solve it. But so you said 10, 15 years away. But on the 25th of August in Europe, they just passed legislation or they're starting to pass legislation to try and control this and social media yes. and these platforms. So what do you think about that? Look, I don't want to like drag us into a kind of a thorny, complicated area. Um, I, I've been during the strike. I've been very involved with um, pulling people together with AI experts and other people to try to help them understand this area because it's extremely complicated. Um, I would only say uh, that I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the AI and and internet regulation that's going on in Europe at the moment. I think they're getting a lot wrong. Uh, I think especially in the kids space, there's been a lot written about it. There's a lot of kids legislation that's being pushed right now here in the U S that's being sort of copied from the legislation in the U in the EU, which I think is not great legislation. I'm not it, by any means alone that you literally Google these things and you'll see a lot of criticism. And the reason for that is that there's a, a, an understandable fear of these new technologies that have got everybody's kids on them all the time that isn't matched with, an understanding of those technologies by many people, especially of our generation and older. So they're just like, well, we got to do something. And they grab the biggest mallet they can find and they start whacking at it really hard. And we saw that happen with Napster and like the mess that happened after right. that, that in many ways led to the streaming crisis that's now got us on strike. I think that new generations that are coming up that understand these technologies better, but also understand the risks. If you, for example, and I won't bore everybody with, with like, draw, like what's going on with this legislation, but part of what's wrong with it is if, is they're fighting really hard for ID verification. That can be really bad, especially for kids. Right? You don't want to have your ID being fed into the internet where all kinds of bad actors can get access to it. And that has led to a lot of really terrible things happening to uh. most who either children or LGBTQ, other marginalized groups who use the internet in a more anonymous way and need to remain anonymous. It's very, very important. They're also looking to break encryption, uh, especially in the EU. Very bad idea that will unprotect a lot of people who need to stay protected. So I, I'm sort of more in favor of more nuanced ways forward that will take longer to get to, but will keep people, keep, they won't, we won't break the internet and it will keep more people protected. I have always believed and advocated for the idea that one of the reasons that the internet can be such a cesspool is because of anonymity. Just Twitter. X. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm verified. It took a lot to get verified. Yeah. As long as it's coming from my account and I haven't been hacked, if it's on there, I said it. 
yeah. and I'm accountable for it. I, I have a feeling there'd be a lot less trolling, a lot less missing disinformation if it wasn't anonymous. If you had to stand behind the things you put out into the marketplace, sure. that accountability would be a very big factor in cleaning some of this mess up. Now, you're, what you're proposing is that there are vulnerable pe people who rely on anonymity. Yeah. But do you really feel that the scale tips to that side rather than the one I'm describing? I think that the, the issue is more technological, meaning it's not as easy to get to the place that you just described as one would hope. That's all I'm saying. It's different for celebrities to verify because there's only one of you, right? And there's only one of most of the people who, ver that was the problem with what Musk did when Twitter was purchased by him was he suddenly allowed everyone to verify by throwing some money at it. Right. And suddenly you had copycat accounts. And, it was, and that's sort of my point. It kind of proved the point that it's very difficult to moderate content. It's very difficult to, ver to properly verify people. Really good, even not so good hackers are, are, will get around that and create fake counts, accounts that look verified in two seconds. So you will, the internet will always be awash in some degree of like the nastiest people that we're most worried about are not going to get thwarted by verification uh, requirements, right? They're going to end run them. And they're going to have a little AI photo that looks like a real human being with a name that probably has a driver's license. And they'll be whoever. There'll be some guy in Macedonia in a hacker farm. So it's much harder to get there. That's the point. Now, it's not to say we won't. It's not to say we shouldn't be fighting for it. Not to say that there isn't all kinds of good stuff in the AI bill and some of the other stuff at the EU. It just means we've got to be a little, a little bit more nuanced with it. So it's not, a, no, it it's not sense. an either yeah. or. It's not right. to say, oh, we can't ever do it. Right. We shouldn't do anything. Like, oh, God, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I'm super pro-regulation. And there's a lot of people who don't like that. They want no regulation, no breaks. But I think we have to. We have to have regulation standards and practices. We have to have guardrails. We have to. But we got to, like you said, we got to thread the needle really carefully. We do. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, it's a, it's a little bit off the topic, but but I'm fascinated. Because I know you for so long, it, seemingly you were on a very different path when I met you. You were a kid who seemed to have a singular passion. That passion had become uh, demonstrably uh, rewarding and positive. Your career as, a, as an actor and even as a director was clicking and, and working beautifully. And then you pulled back. You went yep. away. Yep. And when you came back, you came back much more in the guise of a director and mm -hmm. producer and particularly kind of in this area, this arena. So I'm fascinated if you care to talk about it yeah. at all, because I'm fascinated by people that create different second acts and third acts for themselves. Yeah. What was it that said, I got to, I got to pull away from this for a while. And what, how did you find this other light to be guided by? Yeah. I'm going that way. They're oddly connected. And it took me a minute to figure that, that out because life is life. It's happening to you. Yeah. Right. So it's not like, you know, unlike George Lucas claiming he constructed all of Star Wars in advance, which nobody believes, um, you know, it just happens. And you figure out retrospectively why what happened happened. When I was doing the Showbiz Kids doc for HBO, what struck me, because I was, my whole process with that was to get someone from a hundred year old, like the first silent movie child star, all the way up to like the big Instagram kid of today. And then everyone in between age wise into one conversation and see what the similarities were and what blew my mind in a lot of the other subjects that I spoke to was that everyone had the exact same story. It didn't matter whether it was baby Peggy who was 102 or, you know, 
a kid who was like on a Disney show with 20 million Instagram followers, everyone had the same trajectory. It was really bizarre. I guess if you're a behavioral psychologist, maybe it wouldn't be to you. You'd be like, oh, that's because blah, blah, blah happens to your brain, right? But all of us had started really young, had had a certain amount of su success, meaning we were doing it all the time and pulled out of normal school, pulled out of normal life. Every one of us had bailed on the industry in our 20s and had taken a break and had come back later. And I, every single, I sat with every, I was like, oh, you did that. And you did that. And baby Peg did it. Like and everyone, she like went away. can't do this anymore. Came back had like, and then a lot of people came back and just started doing it again. Right. Like Henry Thomas is a good example or Mara Wilson or, you know, people, a bunch of people we can think of. And I, I, and I was listening to them going, well, that's what I did. And I thought, well, why did I do that? I mean, I knew at the time, around the time Bill and Ted 2 was done, I'd been acting every day since I was nine years old. And I was exhausted, like just emotionally. And I'd gone to film school and I had other interests, but I was so on the treadmill. I had the agents, I had the manager, I had the public, I had all this stuff. I was 24, maybe, maybe 25. Like I, my eldest son, I was about to turn 25. I'm like, oh my God, he's a baby. I was like at the end of a career already, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I think I was just, I just needed regular life, right? I just like developmentally, I left LA. I got, I mean, politely, I got rid of my acting agents. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going on auditions. And I moved to New York and I started a production company in the UK because I have a British passport. I was just a regular guy. I eventually started a family and I just lived like a normal human being with none of and that pressure. More or less just from burnout. Yeah, I think I was yeah. just fried. I think right. that, and, and it was the early 90s and I had acting friends around me who were really, like some died. Like, you know, it was that early, it was a tough era, early 90s for a lot. It was like 80s, like flamed a lot of people out as we all know. So I didn't, I saw that happening around me and I just thought, uh, I don't feel like if I stick around, I'm going to be in the best place. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of a sort of a survival instinct. And and then what's interesting is that around in the back end of the 80s, when I had all this attention on me, like from my perspective, I wasn't someone giant star or anything, but I was not an anonymous person. Sure. Right. I found the internet pre-web, the internet, which was in those days quite crude, like the BBS Usenet era, where you would have an anonymous username. You would find these groups of like-minded people. Will Wheaton talks about this very eloquently because he's even more tech savvy than I am. And he did the same thing. He like got the hell out of the business and kind of dove into tech. And I just felt very comfortable there. And I could communicate. I made friends, would communicate. Eventually, you knew who each other was. You, you know, there was trust and you would de-anonymize or whatever. Um, and that was my interest in the birth of online communities because I had so much, I got so much out of those communities. And there was even some form of online, you know, for those of us who had any issues like with abuse or stuff like back in the childhood, like there was a lot of anonymous online abuse communities, almost like not group therapy, but. You could just go and talk about anything. It was very free, very open. So it was an extremely liberating environment. And then I just kind of stayed with that as I re-entered. And I sort of had my time away. And as I was saying to you earlier, I started training again, started working with really good acting trainers, good vocal trainers, and kind of made, started to make my way back into to the business again. But it was, it was a while. How many years, how many years were you away? I mean, I kind of, I kept working. I made another movie in like the late nineties. I was writing and directing and, and I was still, you know, you had a deal. You got to tell when you did freaks. When exactly. It was after you, freak that I left though. So it was, that was my last, ah. I didn't act between really between freaked and Bill and Ted three, almost at all professionally. And I then, didn't audition. So I wasn't part of any circuit. When they came to you for Bill and Ted three, 
Well, they didn't. Oh. Yeah, it didn't work that way. Okay. So, no, no, we, these are all like my closest friends. We started working together in our 20s. Keanu's like one of my closest friends, the two writers, Chris and Ed. Uh, so we were hanging out all the time anyway. And a dozen years before we made the movie, we decided to make a third and started the very slow, laborious process of getting a script and trying to find financing. And so it was self-generated by wow. the four of us. Now, Keanu and you, you said best friends. Is he the nicest guy in every story? In a town that wants to tear everybody down, anytime I see his picture, yeah. I know that underneath it is going to be that he donated bone marrow to a child. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine how scary it is to be that person, though, where... The, the, the media has decided you're the yeah, guy that you, you are. literally <laughs> walk on water right. and you're just a guy. Right. Cause who isn't just a person? And you're and thinking, one day you flip a guy yeah, off. Exactly. And all of a it's like, it, it. Well, when, right. you know, in the world of iPhones, like, yeah. you so know, this come out of this with cash <laughs> like, going, gotta like, give somebody money today. I, I, uh, yeah. I better have it on he, me. He doesn't <laughs> thankfully, but like, I love him to death. I've known him a really long time, but I'm just like, that is, a, you're right. I'm like one day. He's Waiting like, for the I fall. know, I know. One Finally, day. the yeah. picture of him going, you know exactly. what? I've yeah. had it with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The fall. It's of like Kenner. a face in the crowd or something. You know? <laughs> oh wow. One of my wow. favorite, one of the yeah. favorite movies ever made. Well, the movie was wonderful. Thank you. I mean, really wonderful in, in that it wasn't judgment. It was really smart. And again, I love when somebody narrates a story and lets you go for the ride yep. and then goes, all right, I gave you all, all I got. Yeah. You, you, go you figure just, it you out. Decide. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What, anything that we didn't get that after the fact you took away from this where you went, you know what? Now that I've gotten away from this, I did the movie. I sat and watched the movie eight million well, times. I didn't I pull my kids off YouTube. I mean, I, you know, I think that, that, um, I think that COVID showed us there was a lot of kind of animus towards the growth of online communities, which again, I know there's a lot of bad things that go on. And to Jason's point, I've been trolled. It's horrible, right? I've been swarmed. I got Twitter swarmed by like a bunch of neo-Nazis on Twitter once. It was pretty bleak. but. Uh, so I'm well aware of the pitfalls, but, you know, I, I generally have found that, that most kids are okay and that they're, 
there's a lot of studies now that are showing there it's a pretty neutral response actually their participation on social media not necessarily a given negative response so i think that that there's a lot of benefit to being able to connect with your fellow human this parasocial thing i was talking about that isn't a negative right so and that's all just going to get more advanced and you know and the ability for someone in a micro nation somewhere to know what's going on and be connected to the world. I mean, I think it's an enormous good. So by the way, to that point, you, you said what was on my landing, go to YouTube right? and what comes up on yours. And well, I said, I, I hope the porn that. didn't come up big time, but <laughs> so what's on yours? What's on your, your, well, okay. So if you go to my YouTube homepage, cause I was, I was going, you know, when I was hearing about all going down rabbit holes, I'm going, yeah. nobody's giving me this. Yeah. Here's what comes up. If I go to my homepage, Fail army because yeah. I like watching people screw up. Yeah, uh, I do. I, I'm a ceramicist, so I have a lot of how to make potteries. Yeah, I have Judge Judy clips. <laughs> I have Broadway-based content. I yeah. have all kinds of bloopers. Uh, uh, America's Got Talent highlights. Uh, behind the scenes of movie making, UFO and supernatural investigations, <laughs> stand-up comedians, and our stupid podcast. <laughs> That's right. what comes up on my mine own has mine has David Gilmore doing yep. doing his barn music that Amazing. he's playing. Um, let's see here. NFL Sunday ticket. I don't know why. Um, Joe Rogan talks to Hulk Hogan, who is about his firing from the WWF. Martin Short says that, um, Conan O'Brien, Conan O'Brien looks like freeze dried Prince Harry. Right. William Fridkin talks about why he doesn't, how he really feels about Al Pacino. Which <laughs> That's is a good one. I actually oh, watched just, that yeah, one. See this yeah. stuff? So I was surprised to yeah. see the, the variety online. Yeah. And I got to tell you. But thing, there was nothing there that I went. There's nothing... You don't get rabbit hole... I mean, that's, you don't really get rabbit hole anymore. To be fair to YouTube, they fixed the recommender algorithm several years ago. It's really difficult to go on and there. I, I, I was really... I yeah. scrolled for a while and I went, yeah. there is nothing here that looks overtly political to me or yeah. agenda yeah. to I me. Don't, and, I don't get that, that yeah. kind of content either. And I never do. Yeah, but, but, you, have to be, you have to be looking for that I'm kind saying. of stuff. I think you have to open... You, you have do. to open the box. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I do have how to cover a hickey, and I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that one. Yeah. Nick Mine is like, you is like dad rock and Broadway <laughs> musicals. And, yeah. Nick, I love that you love the Gilmore's, all the musical stuff. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the, like you said, I can watch any performance yeah. of any artist that ever recorded. Yeah. And my kid can learn every solo. Yeah. That any guitarist ever played. It's just. Stuff. And every terrible TV commercial I was in when I was nine years old. And I mean, it's all, I mean, the stuff we did on Broadway is yeah. there that no one recorded I'll any tell of those you what, shows. what changed the world for me. Yeah. And if had it existed when I was a kid, I don't think we'd be talking right now <laughs> because I would have a very different career and no doubt you would never have heard of me. <laughs> but I wanted to be a magician. Oh, that's right. And as a kid, the only way you could learn a trick was either a guy shows you how to do it. Yeah. But mostly it was out of books. And that's when right. it was sleight of hand stuff. Yeah. Even the best written book, you're going, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. There are more tutorials on how to do complex to tricks. To that point, yeah. I still can't do a freaking trick that has the, the, the thread, that's invisible thread to make the card rise and stuff. Well, yeah. I can't not, even pull the thread apart to get easy. it set up. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, yeah. Did you do magic too? Were you I did. I was yeah, a magic I fanatic. Yeah. These, I used to hang out guys. at Tannen's Magic. I just, I and the Tannen's Magic. I went to... I went to Magic Camp. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, amazing. And that's actually where I realized yeah. this is not yeah, exactly because yeah. I saw what kids were doing that were yeah. my age and I went, yeah. yeah. Anybody so else, by the way, the curve. Yeah, anybody became too. famous and went to Magic Camp? I couldn't tell you. I wasn't there long enough. If, if, if you did the whole thing, it was two weeks. 
I was there for four days and I went, oh, yeah. I suck. Um, yes, yeah, so it's above my pay grade. Yeah. yeah. Magic camp. Did you have a puppet too? Did you do ventriloquism? No, I was really into magic though. Close-up magic, card and coin stuff. And uh -huh. I, I lived out of the out of the magic shop yeah. on, on Broadway. Tannins. Well, if you're Tannins. in New York, Tannins was the Tannins yeah. was the, it was the was place. All right, let's, let's go. Thank you yeah. for coming in. Thank by you. Way. By the way, we, yeah. I'm not just saying it. Really good documentary. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's smart. We're on there all the time. By the way, if we want to see the YouTube effect, where is it currently? It's kind of available? everywhere now. It's, you know, is it's it on, Netflix? Is it's, it all it's Amazon, Apple, YouTube. Yep. Is that <laughs> Which is kind of direct yeah. TV. Dun, 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 dun. Can yeah. you do you mind? Are you are you working on something currently? I well, I'm the strike is you know I'm very right, busy right. with strike stuff with uh, raising money for crew and we're doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, uh, coalitions and but things like that. But you have like something that. in your head to go. But next? yes, I'm I'm developing a couple of other. Big documentary, yeah, yeah, and a feature, and um, I did some acting that I'm not allowed to talk about. That's coming out next right, year. Right, right, right. So I'm doing a lot more. I'm sort of pushing back towards acting again, and I'm looking to do theater again, which you know I miss terribly. I'm glad to hear both of that because, yeah. uh, aside from everything else, you're a really lovely actor. Oh, thank you, Jason. Really I appreciate lovely it. Actor, and you always oh. were. I mean, you, you. There was a reason your career took off. You oh, were, thank you. you. Can you terrific. sing anything for us? Just I want to. Absolutely I can't, not. I can't My trainer would be I, so I mad at me if I did that. I've known you for a while. I've watched your stuff, but I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's like Jason when we do live shows. Yeah. When I Jason comes out and sings, the yeah. audience is, is shocked that he can do well, what he, he does. Shouldn't be. He's like it. a Broadway I star. Why would they be shocked? shocked? Because most people don't shocked. know that. Okay. Yeah, shocked. Peter is shocked. <laughs> okay. The audience is just <laughs> right. the Peter. The yeah. audience came going. Hey, we're going to go see Jason Alexander. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> I think when they they come to see a show where there's not music. Was guitar your I played bass for years. Yeah, but I don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to teach myself. Yeah, it's hard. Right, let's go. We're facing me. I let's go to Guggenheim for our for our our, our, our what did we Hello, do David. wrong segment? Hello. What did we do right? Yes, David. Well, you guys did a did a heck of a job. You did a heck of a job. Stop today. it. Finish your thought. Uh, <laughs> I got I got two potential things for. I want to see what you're more interested in. Are you more interested in the top fifty videos that YouTube recommends? Not necessarily the biggest videos, but the ones that are most often recommended. Or are uh -huh. you interested in the all-time watched videos? Wow. I like you pick. I would vote for the latter just because I think the former's less is kind of algorithmic. The latter kind of tells you what people are genuinely. So, so do the uh, so do the latter right, because do the, our guests. Do the all-time. Let's go. see. I'll, I'm not going to give you too many of them, but I'll, I'll give you a potpourri here. All right. A lot of music videos. A lot of the. Uh, let's see. We got the uh, Pokemon theme music. I guess people are music lovers. We also have a lot of these here. Well, I'll, I'll jump right to the, the number one because I think it's indicative of of, of people's uh, mentality. It's 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 the baby shark dance. That's right. Yeah, yeah. baby shark dance. Which that has been sense. number okay. one for a long time. I wow. Think. Yeah, the yes. baby shark dance. Yeah. Now guess how yeah. many guess how many views? Five hundred million. You're not even in the ballpark, man. No, it's in the billions. It would be in the billions. Yeah. Go ahead. Thirteen. Billion views, baby yeah. shark. Of the baby shark. So, so Alex, does that monetize to like a, a fortune? Yeah, a fortune. Okay, sure. all right. Oh my god. <laughs> who, who put up the baby shark dance? Somebody you know who's very happy now. Yeah. Was it a parent? Was it a company? Was it would have been a, a company, surely. It would have been whoever. There's a what are we? Why are we wasting our time? <laughs> You know what's funny? Half the guests we have, and when they leave, you go, "Why are we wasting?" Like this is like this is toxic. Like the only guy I didn't want to emulate was the nude comic. Other than that, <laughs> everybody else has got it what's better than us. Two, what's the number two video? 
It's called Despaccio, a uh, Latin-themed rap. It's sort of a lot of fusion of different elements. It's a music video. Yeah, it shows you how global their, their audience right, is. Right, right. I mean, it's not just American people watching. And it's not just people watching Western. Uh, David, you got a couple more? I'll just throw a couple more at you, the, the big hits. The Wheels on the Bus <laughs> by Coco Melon. Yes. You know. Yes. Yes. Never goes away. Let me tell you, Never I think I've away. contributed to that one myself. <laughs> Coco Melon is, is hot for people. That that 5.42 uh, billion for them. Sure. You also have, you know, folks like uh, Maroon 5, uh, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Shakira, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of hey, the, uh, hey, hey, David, yeah. just for giggles, uh, how many subscribers does the Really No Really podcast have? <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. Alex, thanks for coming. In. Great to see you. <laughs> then YouTube can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, help us with that algorithm, yeah. would you please? <laughs> Good night, drive safely. Uh, have it. Another episode of Really No Really comes to a close. Oh, and in case you were wondering, the oldest cat video on YouTube features two cats boxing, and it was filmed by Thomas Edison in 1894. No, really. A hearty Really No Really thank you goes out to Alex Winter for joining us. His Instagram is at ALX Winter, his Facebook at Alex Winter page, and at the YouTube effect 6823 on YouTube. You can find us online at reallyknowreally.com. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and threads at Really Know Really Podcast. Please check out our full episodes on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and tick that bell so you're updated when we release new videos. If you have a Really Know Really, let us know. And if we use it, we may give you something amazing. And thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing the show. We release new episodes of Really No Really every Tuesday, so make sure to follow us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Really No Really is a production of iHeartRadio and Blase Entertainment. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.